Welcome, everybody, to Dad Talk Live. I'm your host, Viz, and it is my honor tonight to welcome the man behind the devil makeup in Haunt, Damien Maffei. Damien, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. How are you? I'm doing good. I swear, I still cannot. When we met uh, two weekends ago and uh, we were talking at your table at Fear Fest, I picked up your picture as the devil and I'm like, this cannot be you. I'm like, they did such a scary ass job. And a couple of days ago, I had Hannah Fearman on my show, who, by the way, corrected me on the pronunciation of your last name. So it's Maffei. I'm like, okay, cool. Because I was like saying it, Maffei, Damien, uh, Damien Maffei. She's like, no, it's Maffei. I'm like, okay, well, that's good to know. Uh, Glad they're fighting for me. <laughs> Hannah was like, he has such a pretty face. I can't believe they destroyed it with that makeup. But I got to tell you, uh, that makeup was scary as crap. How long did it take you in that makeup chair, putting the makeup on for Haunt? Uh, it, was, uh, it was about three hours to put that on every day. And how many how many days did you have to put that makeup on to shoot? Uh, not too many. Not too many. Um, four or five, I think. Um, anytime I had the mask, the devil mask on, um, I didn't have the makeup on. Okay. Well, that and, makes and sense. So the reveal. And then, you know, got hung up on all my, you know, uh, piercings and whatnot. Um, yeah, but it was about three hours, but it was a breeze because um, Chris and Hugo, the, the makeup guys, they're just wonderful, just really fantastic. And they made it very easy and let me take a break if I needed it to. And they're very entertaining. So uh, it was enjoyable. So tell us. Well, I, I, that's not cool. I mean, I've been, you know, huge horror fan all my life. So uh, to watch it being put on me, you, you know, even after the first time, it was still it was very cool to be a part of. It's a great movie. And I explained to you the backstory on how I came across it. We'll talk about that in a bit. I just want to ask you, when you saw the final product of the movie after edited, ready to go for the audience... What were your feelings on the the overall movie itself? Uh, you know, that was an interesting experience because, I mean, I was very isolated from everyone else. The the only, really, I mean, the only person I did anything with was uh, Katie Stevens Harper. Mm -hmm. uh, outside of um, the other guy, Andrew at the start. So it was really just me and Katie the whole time. So I really had no idea what was going on or how things were going away from me. So it was really when I, I did see it, it was kind of, kind of going in fresh. I mean, I had read the script, but um, it was all very, you know, it was not like, like the strangers. I was there every, every day on set. This, I was just there for my stuff. So it was, um, I, I mean, I knew Scott and Brian were wonderfully talented, um, and, and everyone that I'd come into contact with was, I mean, it was just a very talented, good group, but I, I mean, I, I, it, it was far exceeded what I was expecting. 
Um, Absolutely. It was a great it was, movie. You know, it's like a slasher movie, and I mean, I know slasher movies. And when you got a bunch of young folks, you know, heading into trouble, you know, you're going to have some shoddy dialogue, some annoying characters, people are going to grade on you. It happens every time. I did not experience that with Haunt, um, which is, you know, really a credit to the actors and the directors. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I really, I really have a genuine affection for Haunt as a, as a viewer, uh, you know, and being a part of it, but, you know, as a horror fan. Absolutely. And I told you the story and how I came across the movie. I was just sitting down, wanted to watch a good old paranormal movie, came across this movie called Haunt. I'm like, all right, you know, haunted house, attraction, turns out to be haunted. I've seen this trope a million times, but let's give it a try again. And it totally was not what I expected. I loved the end product. Uh, when you first read the script, being a horror fan, as you described, did you immediately love the story? It was, uh, you know, it's kind of, I had a similar experience to, you know, what I hear from those watching it, is that it, you know, I I, I, I like the, the depth of Harper. But I was, you know, I, I was interested because when I read the script, I knew that they they wanted me to play one of the villains. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't really set on who at that point. But I, I was like, you know, where are these these people going? Are they, you know, just going to be, you know, silent killers, whatever? So um, it was very cool. That that was a script. You know, every now and then you get one where you just kind of get lost in reading it, kind of forget that you're reading it you know, as a project to be considered for, but, you know, I just enjoyed reading it. Um, and it kind of went in unexpected places for me. So that, that was one where I was finished. And I was like, Oh, wow. Well, you know, that, that, uh, I mean, it's definitely a slasher film, but you know, it's got some, uh, got some heart there and some, some, you know, twists and turns. That's the weird part of this movie. Uh, it's very hard to classify. Uh, it is a little bit of a slasher. Uh, yeah. So it has some psychological thriller slash horror in there as well. Uh, cult. Uh, you can definitely bring in the cult aspect. It's mm-hmm. like a mixture of a lot of different genres. And for me, uh, as a fan of the movie and while I was watching it, I, I honestly don't know what main subgenre to place it under what would you place it under and when it comes to the horror subgenres primarily uh, i mean i i would classify it in, uh, in slasher um there's nothing wrong with that no. you know uh you know i think it just um i mean there is some psychology some some psychological uh you know, menace in there, but uh, you know, I think slasher film, I'd be interested to, to, um, I don't think that conversation came up with Scott and Brian. I'd be interested to see what they say. They'd probably call it a slasher film. Okay. All right. Now the group, you are the leader of this group. Okay. Uh, we had this discussion as well. Are they a cult? Are they not a cult? We know by one scene in the movie, uh, one of your members is trying to, I guess, uh, the way your group operates is 
the more sinister deeds they do, they get extra deformities added to their face. You earn uh, your earn your stripes. Exactly, exactly. And there was this one person who was unmasked from your group, and yeah. he said that he's just trying to earn his stripes, basically, like you right. said. I, I would say Clown is probably the one in charge. Uh, at least that's how I read it. I don't know if that came up. Well, you know what? Um, there was a scene, as far as I can I can recall, there were not many scenes that didn't make it in. Um, but there's one scene that I I really kind of uh, was sad to see go. And it takes place in kind of like the back area um, where all the baddies are. And Clown is, is you know... Um, is is commanding everyone to go, you know, do things and clean up and and you know, tie up the loose ends and they're destroying evidence and whatnot. And um, you know, they they him and the ghost quickly discuss that, you know, um, there's still two stragglers running around. Yeah, and they're wondering where I am, like what I'm I'm doing. And you know, it's like, you know, him he just does his own thing. So it's like clown so from that scene and i really liked it because i was like yeah you know this is why i like the devil so much is because he's kind of like this just rogue shark so i mean you know like clown to me was was the one in charge but the devil was like that is the alpha of the group you know yeah. the kind of they're all a little more afraid of than than the rest yes and we could tell and, obviously oh sorry go on uh, and like, and when I read the script, because I think when when I first started talking to them about it, they they were interested in me doing the the uh, ghost okay. uh, myth. And when I read the script, I I really liked the devil. And um, I mean, there's a little less dialogue, but there was just something about it, about him, and his death in it. Uh, he's the first one to die, but it kind of like changes everything. Changes, it does. changes. You know where everything. You know, it's like right after that. You know, like Harper has has beat the the big bad, and then you know the rest of it is just like smooth sailing. So it's kind of you know it, it, the tables turn when the devil is uh, taken out. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the ending without giving it away. Uh, the way the ending was played out in the movie, uh, it left no real chance. I mean, they could always do it for this possibly turning into a sequel uh, because apparently all the members of the group are dead. They're gone. Uh, and we see, you know, her extracting her revenge and was fully ready for that last surviving you know, baddie to come after her and she took him out. Do you like the way the ending was done, or would you have liked to uh, left it, leave it open ended for at least one member to have survived and possibly build a new group again to continue on what was started, you know, with the other group? Well, if it's not my character, I mean, I, I don't give a shit. <laughs> the hell do I care what they do? Um, no, I do like the ending. I, I, I did like I did like that. Um 
you know, I know that Scott and Brian, the, the writers and directors of it, are not big fans of them being a part of sequels. Okay. I think they, they enjoy sequels, but they themselves have never shown any interest in it. Like, you know, they, I remember there was a, a thing that came out that, you know, they were meeting with, uh, you know, like Lucasfilm or whoever runs things over there, you know, about maybe doing a Star Wars entry or, uh, you know, Indiana Jones entry. And, you know, they, they weren't, weren't interested. They kind of want to, you know, do their own thing. So, like, start something and, you know, let someone else run with it. So, I, you know, I don't think they're against, uh, um, you know, that, another haunt entry. Because, you know, they wrote A Quiet Place. And then, um, you know, I think, they, you know, they ducked out. They, they, they're on to something else. Yeah. So, you totally got to respect mean, that, yeah. It's horror movies. So if someone wants to make a sequel of something, there's a way to do it. When has it ever stopped? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, you just piece together, you know, you can just scoop up the devil's head and just put it back together and and, uh, trot them back out there. Well, not only that, they can go the prequel route as well and bring you back for that. Yeah. You know, I I had a lot of fun doing that. Like, probably a little too much fun. (laughs) <laughs> I felt bad for having so much fun. Like, well, you know, we uh, we were shooting that on Halloween. You know, it was just, it was great. It was a good group. I assume, uh, I, I assume you did this pre-COVID? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that was, um, I think it was, uh, it was like 2017, I think. Okay. It was, uh, I think I shot that the same year I did uh, the Strangers movie. All right, well, speaking of The Strangers, let's move on to that for a little bit. Now, can you tell us how working with John Wagner led you to becoming that masked man in The Strangers? John Wagner. Um, Yeah, yeah. Uh, I met John Wagner on a movie called Closed for This Season, which was 2008, Uh maybe. Uh, and that was uh, that was in Ohio. That movie, um, that was in an abandoned amusement park in Ohio, it was a Chippewa Lake Park. It had been abandoned for thirty years. It's an incredible location. Um, and that was John's first producing job. He was a line producer on that. Uh, he was, you know, right out of college there. Um, so uh, you know, I just uh, you know, we were out in the middle of nowhere, Ohio. Um, in this park, um, you know, we just kind of like got along. You know, sometimes you meet someone and you just instantly get along with them. And, uh, it was, uh, you know, we were singing, um, you know, like kiss songs out in the middle. You know, well, you know, that was like this this park. You know, it was like there everything was overrun with with, with you know leaves and trees and stuff. And there was a tree growing up through the Ferris wheel incredible so it was just very surreal john someone who i got along with immediately and we kind of kept trying to do things you know projects after that and, you know they they fail as they tend to do and then um he directed a short film called wildfires it was really good mm-hmm. uh, and he cast me as the lead in that we filmed that in california and then uh, a couple more failed attempts and then uh, 
he uh, produced um, the movie Cheap Thrills. Okay. With, uh, you know, Pat Healy and uh, Ethan Embry. Really fun, fun little flick. Then he went and did Starry Eyes with our friend Dennis and Kevin, uh, their, their feature debut, which is uh, great. So he started to make a little name for himself there in, in indie horror. And then, uh, you know, I remember when he called me. I was uh, I was out in an outlet mall, and he told me he was producing Bone Tomahawk, and uh, I was like, "Whoa, are you kidding me? Like I've been waiting for Bone Tomahawk for years, like Kurt Russell, Richard Jenkins, like Cannibals. Are you, are you kidding me? Yeah, God, you lucky bastard. That was like a huge thing. We had you know not been involved in." You know, probably like a hundred, hundred fifty thousand dollars was probably the the uh, highest budget we had been on. So that was a big deal for him. And uh, yeah, I was you know, very happy for him. And then, you know, one day he called me up and he said, "I'm doing the Strangers sequel." And I was like, "Oh wow, you know, it's been ten years since that. Um, cool. Like, what do you want?" And he said, "You know, how do you feel about playing the?" Uh, the bad guy in it. I was like, got the fucking bag on his head. Um, you know, what do you want me to for that? But you know, that I'm, uh, I'm, you know, very high on myself as an actor. You think I want to run around the woods with a bag on my head? Like that's not. Like I'll, I'll, I'll be miserable. Like this is an acting. I'm an actor, theater. Um, but you know, he, what he. he you know, it was like, I love horror movies. And that was something where I would go above and beyond for it. He knew that. So he really pushed for it. He pushed me for it. He sent me the script. And I I thought the script was a lot of fun. And there was one scene in there. The man in the mask and the father in the, in the van. And I read that scene. I was like, I, I have to do this. Like, I want to do this scene. So uh, I was like, please. And I met with Johannes, the director, and he's uh, he's lovely, uh, a lot of fun. And uh, I mean, we just went there and did it. Had you seen the original uh, movie before agreeing to do the sequel? Oh, I saw it in theaters. Okay. Yeah, okay. the original. Now, well, that... I did revisit it. I did revisit it. I do like the original a lot. I think it's very effective. A great horror movie, uh, and the sequel as well. Were there any traits that you took from Kip Weeks, the portrayal in the guy in the original, uh, into your character in the sequel? Um, you know, like the original, kind of what works so well for the original is that like you don't really see the baddies mm -hmm. in the back. On, like a flash and stuff and when you do see the man in the mask you know he's walking or sitting literally sitting in like one of two scenes just sitting there uh so there really there wasn't much to go with um i can walk I, i've been walking all my life so uh and sitting too um i've done both extensively no, there wasn't, you know, it wasn't much to go to. Not, you know, that's not, uh, you know, they, they all did a wonderful job in that. But so, you know, like that, that's really all there was to it. And, and you know, the, the, you know, it's not, it's not Hamlet. So, I got uh, you. I got you. Now, is you there... know, like 
what I liked kind of because I, you know, originally, like I said, you know, like, this isn't acting, but you know, what I discovered there is is the the real challenge to doing something like that is trying to to find those little moments to kind of make your own and tr try to bring behavior to it. And then like in, in the in private night, like there's the most adorable little kind of little teensy little arc for the man in the mask, you know, at the pool where he finds, finds, you know, he sees pin up dead and he kind of loses his shit there. So it's like, it's just like little stuff like that. Not that. Uh, there, there are a lot of people out there who think that if you play a character wearing a mask in 95% of a movie, uh, there's real no acting involved. I don't agree with that. Uh, there is definitely acting involved. Uh, not every bit of acting is involved in words coming in out of your mouth. There's movements, uh, wearing a mask, and so on. Before starting to do like Haunt and The Strangers, has your opinion on being a masked villain actor changed? And this is how I, I see it, is that, I mean, it, it varies from movie to movie. Like, say, you take someone like, like the Michael Myers. Mm -hmm. um, anyone can jump in there and do that. Uh, and it'll be fine. Because you know he just walks; he doesn't do anything. But you can also get someone who does want to make something of it, and I mean that it's the same with any kind of most most things. You know, like that's why there are, are, are uh, there are serviceable actors, and there are good actors, and there are brilliant actors. And if you put all of them in one role, any role, if you put all if you put a, a decent actor and a good actor and a brilliant actor. In Hamlet, you're going to get three different performances, and and when you go see that, if you just go see that serviceable performance, you, you know you're not going to be like, oh my, where's all the the good acting? Like it's going to be, it's going to be fine. You're not going to know. You're not going to know that you missed out on some brilliant fucking performance until you see the brilliant actor. Yeah, that's kind of what is great about theater when you go see so many productions in one one piece. Is that you know you see a lot of a lot of you know a lot of bums and then you see some some brilliant stuff. Um, so I mean that's the kind of the same thing with the masked thing is that you know you because you, you know when that started you know it was just it was like who can we fit in this suit to walk around and menace you know and it was always some stunt guy getting a little extra pay and it was not glorious work. They didn't know that conventions would come up and these people would be, you know, championed. And, you know, so it was not, you know, it was just like, this isn't, you know, the sexiest thing I'm doing is walking around being a killer. Um, that didn't come until, you know, the late 90s. <laughs> um, you know, when Fangoria started, started the conventions. But, uh, I, I mean, it has changed somewhat because you know now i i can see that it was there was a challenge to it and that challenge was trying to to fit in some behavior and make it a little different and make it make it my own okay um, that makes so. sense that totally makes sense uh going back to your childhood uh 
Do were you a horror fan as far back as when you were old enough to start watching movies, TV shows, and whatnot? Oh yeah, oh yeah. What were some of the what were some time of... when I, I I wasn't trying to see all the horror movies? You were there was a time when you were not trying to see them. I, I don't remember a time. Okay. Now growing up, King horror movies, yeah. Now, growing up, what were some of uh, like the horror movies that you saw that left a, a lasting impact on you? Definitely say Alien is the first movie that um, that left an impact on me for 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 a variety of reasons. Um, I mean, you know, the the dinner thing, the chest bursting thing. You know, I, I mean, I was probably like eight. Maybe. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> I was behind the couch. I wasn't supposed to be watching. I know that. And um, like I was literally hiding behind the couch, pe peering over. And uh, so that chest burst scene at, at dinner, I was, you know, I mean, that was that was serious stuff. I mean, that was amazing. And it was so effective. And I mean, the good thing about that movie, seeing that is like the acting is really good. Everyone, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. you travel down the VHS shelves uh, of horror in the eighties, you know, find more often than not some really bad acting. <laughs> so Alien is a good place to start. And that was also really notable for me because I really enjoyed Tom Skerritt's character in that. I really enjoyed Captain Dallas in it in my head because at that at that time, I mean he was the hero. You know, mm -hmm. I, I expected to be there and uh so that scene of him in the ducks you know muttering to himself he realizes what a mistake he's made and, and trying to get the hell out of there not and that was really it was powerful it is i mean I, I mean alien i mean so many great scenes in that movie but you're right the chest bursting scene when they're around the dinner table that's an iconic scene and will remain an iconic scene in horror history for me growing up my first recollection of a horror movie uh, was Halloween. And the, the opening sequences, when you see the camera's perspective going around the house, a hand opening the drawer, picking up a knife, putting on the mask. I think uh, that was maybe 1979 or 1980. I was either five or six. And... I remember being terrified and it's just those kind of memories I think is what lead us to becoming these lifelong horror fans. Now, at which point in your life did you say, Hey, you know what? I want to give this acting thing a, a shot. You know, I, I don't really know. I, I mean, I, I always watch movies and kind of like put myself into them. So, I mean, I watch movies over and over. I mean, I watch Aliens, Alien, Aliens, The Return of the Living Dead, Night of the Living Dead, um, Dawn of the Dead. I watch all of these things. Uh, I, you know, and Jaws, uh, just dozens and dozens of times. And like I, I like I would just envision myself in there as, as, as a character. Um, and I don't know that meant anything then. Yeah, I mean, it really wasn't until high school where I took an acting class because I thought it would just be, you know, 
pretty easy. I mean, I, I was interested in the movies and theater. So I thought, you know, I can do this. I'll just um, spectate. But as a part of that, part of being in that class, you had to audition for the school musical. Oh. So I auditioned for the musical. I auditioned for uh, Little Shop of Horrors. And uh, I was cast as the, the voice of Audrey too, the, the, the plant. And um, I mean, I did it. I did it. You know, it was a big hit. Uh, and I met one of my greatest friends there, you know, who I'm still very good friends with uh, today who, who works on uh, most of these movies I'm doing. And uh, yeah, I mean, I loved it. I loved theater. I loved doing the theater, even though Little Shop of Horrors, I wasn't technically on stage because I was doing the voice from the pit. But then I went and did Fiddler on the Roof and a bunch of other things. And then uh, I knew then that I was good at it or I had a, a raw talent for it. Um, so yeah, from there it was just it was the rest of history. Yeah, big star. I'm just gonna leave this high school and become a huge, huge star. Obviously, so uh, didn't that 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 didn't happen? But that's what I thought. Oh, you're getting there. You're getting there. Uh, I, I never really wanted to be a star. I just wanted to to act. Just wanted to do. For you, I will. I feel. Correct me if I'm wrong. The integrity of the project, independent film, whatnot, is what you bring to a character to bringing them to life on the screen. Uh, for me, it sounds like that's what's most important to you. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm trying. To, it's you know, navigating this whole whole business here is. Um, is kind of tough though. So, like in the last three years, since 2018, you know, like 2017 ended and like 2018 kind of became a whole new, you know, life yeah. for me, whole new chapter. Uh, so then opportunities were popping up and, and, and such. So I, I, I mean, a lot of offers and, you know, the horror genre, there's a lot of people making movies. There's a lot of things going on. The indie, a lot of indie films going on. Um, so you know, you 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 want to be a little picky, a little careful about what what you um, what you do. I mean, I'm just kind of want. Uh, I'm trying to do things I myself would would want to watch. Um, Not... Characters that interest me, you know, exactly. Like, and it could be, you know, it could be the, the the silent killer or some kind of menace or something. I mean, I, you know, I'm not not a snob about that. If 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 the film has, you know, some merit, if, it, if it's cool, if it's exciting to me, you know, absolutely. Are you afraid uh, with Haunt gaining popularity, the Strangers being popular, uh, you sort of being the guy with all the makeup or wearing a mask? Uh, as an actor, do you feel you might be getting boxed into this stereotype you do not want to be boxed into for the rest of your career? Well, when I agreed to do The Strangers, I mean, I you know, I know, uh, you know, being a lifelong horror fan and kind of being at, paying attention to these things, I knew that doing, you know, The Strangers, because I knew, you know, the budget, and I knew it was going to be theatrical, so I knew that it would put me in, in, in some kind of tier there 
that like you know of of you know being noticed a, a, a little bit by the horror fans because you know they're awesome so they really kind of champion the the villains a little mm-hmm. more than the, uh, the the protagonist uh when i what did I, when i agreed to do haunt it, you know it was it was very you know i i was like, all right, I'm heading down a path here where I'm going to want to mix it up. Um, otherwise, I'm just going to be, you know, yeah. the, the obscure-faced villain. And that that did come a lot. There was a lot of a lot of people messaging me, be like, hey, will you be the, the mass slasher in my movie? And, you know, there was like 80 of those. Wow. Um it was a lot. A couple of student films too. Eh? You know, it's like, I mean, I'm, I'm flattered. I'm honored. Um, you know, I, uh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta break it up a little bit here. Yeah. I did this called the nun, a nun's curse. You know, and it was like, it had come to me with, with a whole bunch of others. And I was like, ah, I, I can't play the killer in your movie. They're like, we don't, we just want you to play an asshole. <laughs> I was like, oh, really? Okay. So, uh, well, I could do that. Um, and then wrong turn I started talking to Mike Nelson and I, you know, I knew he was doing the wrong turn and he was a big fan of what I did in uh, Strangers Pray and I, at least he says so um, that Mike is way too nice uh, so I mean I know the wrong turn movies or some of them um, now I know all of them uh so I figured, you know, it was another wrong turn movie. It was the guy that wrote the original. Alan McElroy was writing, writing this one. So I was like, you know, it's going to be the, you know, the deformed thing. And, you know, I, I'll want to do it because it's a big movie and what I buy. I mean, I read the script and it's, it's completely not that. So I was very excited to be a part of a movie of that level. And I loved Mike, loved talking to him, and I loved the domestics and, uh, you know, Matthew Modine, Bill Sage, and all them. So, like, that was a, and I did have the mask on in that, but, uh, you know, I took it off. And, uh, I mean, I think I, uh, I'm, I'm going to be able to mix it up here. Well, yeah. Now, and I'm, I'm happy to do it again. You know, I, I, you know there's always rumblings of another Strangers movie, and I really like that group. If it's a, you know, cool, it's something I like, you know, and definitely do it. Yeah. Now, the Wrong Turn movies have a big, big following. It's a big, you want to call it a cult following, that's fine. Uh, they're very popular movies. The The one that you did, uh, which came out just recently, later, earlier this year, it's more of not a sequel, but a reboot of the franchise. Uh were you told that uh, before you got the script uh, that this is not going to be another sequel to the wrong turn previous movies and we're trying to sort of revive the franchise in a way? Uh, I think that, uh, uh, let's see, I mean, that was not John, uh, John Wagner was on that one. Um I think he said, it's it's not what you think. It's not what you think, you know, and then they got me the script and, uh, I mean, I pretty much went in fresh or blind. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So, I mean, I had no idea it was going to be that, that different. Yeah. Uh, so that was, um, but I mean, I, you know, I, so it was pleasantly surprised by it. I also knew that it was going to, you know, infuriate people. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. The, the, uh, the hardcore followers of the franchise. Which, look, I mean, I so there were uh, six wrong turn movies uh, when we started doing that. And uh, I really liked the first one. I liked the second one. It's fun. Joe Lynch. Um, the rest of them, not sure. Could never really figure out how they were getting made. Like, what was justifying them spending money on them? And it wasn't a lot of money, but it was some money. And there's two of them which are very kind of uh, porny. Yeah. So it wasn't until I was announced for wrong turn that like my definitely like my Instagram inbox just started exploding with with people from you know in Brazil, all over Latin America, huge wrong turn fans. Each one of them the biggest wrong turn fan. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh okay. So this is like Road to Terror. Uh, so excited for Road to Terror 7. How many fingers will you have? How deformed will you be? And I'm like, well, you just have to wait and see. You're going to fucking hate it. Um, but, like, I'd never heard anyone talk about the book. Really? really? Because looking through your resume, and you have a long resume, uh, I would say looking at all the movies you've done, the one that has, like, the most I don't know the the biggest following. I would say would be Wrong Turn. I'm not saying that the this. I'm not talking about the movie quality itself. I'm talking about you know movie following franchise followers, and like you found out with your Instagram, there are a lot of Wrong Turn uh, followers out there. To give you an example, my brother. Uh, is a huge wrong turn fan. I'm more like you. The first one was good. The second one was kind of cool, but I'm not as into them as he is. Uh, he's into all. Of them? Is he what? He's into all of them. He likes the franchise. He thinks they're fun. I I'm like okay. Uh, I know he's not alone because I mean the question of. Uh, you know, the best answer to the question is uh, why is a movie continuing on with all these sequels is because there are people asking for it and there is money to be made in them. Whether the script is good, whether the script is bad, as long as it has the name wrong turn attached and they give the followers what they want, they know they're at least going to get their money back and hopefully some kind of profit. I mean, I knew there were some fans, but I mean, it's never being talked about. You know, like I'm in some of the Facebook uh, horror groups and whatnot. I mean, it's it's rare someone brings it up, the the, the movies. Um, you know, it's not, you know, it, it, it's, you know, there's usuals, Halloween, Friday the 13th, and Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. And then the next tier down is... Uh, Leatherface? Uh, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, and then, uh, you know, you probably drop down a few more and then you get like the Saw movies, yeah. which, you know, um, 
And, uh, <clears throat> you know, then you like, you go down further and there's people talking about the Jeepers Creepers and the Collector and, you know, maybe Strangers, what, oh, Child's Play. Like, never, never wronged her. They'll talk about Joyride movies before. I, and I, like, I'm not, that's why I wasn't, you know, I was like, you guys got some balls making this movie because it's nothing like the other ones. But I was like, I mean, like, I, I had never really heard too many people talk about it. Certainly oh. not past the first one. So it was adorable to see so many people like furious about the, the new wrong turn. It was just like you know, like the, the people of the internet, you know, like horror fans. Nobody hates horror movies more than horror fans. So it's just like it was just like giving birth to to forty five year old wrong turn fans like yeah. right then and they were just like i'm becoming enraged by this movie where are the deformed cannibals yeah i totally get it now going through your past projects uh which one did you like shooting the best i mean which one did you enjoy doing the best uh um, that's gonna be a tough choice between strangers and haunt um stranger it, it, it's probably going to be strangers just because that was i mean that that changed everything mm -hmm. for me and on a movie that size i've never you know that that was it was like it was like a you know you know i, I don't know it was, it was crazy yeah. like, you know on there and you know they're they're trying things on you you know you tailor made suits and you're going in these trailers and here's people you've seen in you know the shows and movies and here's this fucking guy from the ring and uh, and um yeah you know, it was just cool and um you know i, re I remember first getting to the trailer park and i was like oh man this is not this is like this is incredible. We, you know, like we can just run around and film here. And they were like, they built this. Wow. It's built for the movie. I was like, you got fucking kidding. They brought all these trailers and all this stuff. And someone designed these things and, and dressed it. And like being on that movie. And I was on there. I was on there every day. So like being on that movie, you know, when I wasn't filming, I would walk around like this trailer park, this little town. And, and like, you know, it's just these kind of like frozen moments of horror. Yeah. Like there'd be a truck wedged into a trailer, like a chair with, you know, a lot of these things were deleted, but like blood splatters and like a, you know, a, 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 a the truck rammed into a, a police car. And it was just all these things were like left all over this horrible, like frozen town. It was, um, it was incredible. It was incredible. Boom. Such a good group of people. And Johannes was such a, such a fun, energetic person to work with who knows like, every, you know, he's just, he's, he's, uh, he's such a big horror fan. Yeah. Just run out and play. Just you know, run out and play. Huh? I think we're at an eighties love ballad here uh just and it was just a good group and you know it was, it was um 
I was really grateful. Would you say by far The Strangers is the biggest budget movie that you have worked on? No, I think wrong turn. Really? Probably cost more. And all three of those movies were, were, uh, you know, like I'm talking about The Strangers, but like Haunt, you know, that was like they built that whole haunt. Um, We're shooting in there on Halloween. The people were were great, you know. It's just like, like I'm getting paid to do this. Mm-hmm. This is um, this is too incredible. much fun. I think uh, I don't know how much wrong trip cost me, but it wasn't cheap. And though that, I mean, that was a fantastic group. I I run into fire for Mike Nelson. Um, hopefully, you won't ask me to do that, Johannes. <laughs> um. That was a tough location. That was, you know, location-wise, that was a tough shoot because that was, you know, that was in Hocking Hills. It was like on these cliffs, and then the foundation scenes were were, um, you know, the underground. It was like in this old subway. We were literally underneath Cincinnati filming wow. this, and um, <clears throat> you know, that was that was some money there. That that uh, I don't know what the budget of that was. Now haunt. Uh, it's exclusively available on Shutter, correct? You can rent it on V. Yeah, yeah, you can rent it and buy it on all the other video on demand. In my opinion, uh, Haunt is going to be a movie because not a lot of marketing dollars have gone into Haunt uh, so far. So, and that's not just for Haunt. It's true for a lot of movies coming out uh, since COVID started. A lot of studios, distributors are trying to figure out what's the best way to market these movies. Uh, because, you know, before you would go to the movie theater, you would have to sit through 15, 20 minutes worth of trailers, which I loved watching, by the way. You would have TV commercials about upcoming movies and whatnot. And COVID changed so much. And I think the marketing for movies have also changed. And especially now that the timeline for moving a lot of this stuff into the digital streaming at home place, which studios and distributors are still trying to figure out what's the best way to do that. Uh, Going back to my point, I think as time passes, Haunt is going to continually uh, to become bigger and bigger and bigger and gain a larger following. Um, Some people... Well, first off, let's start with the title. Uh, do you think a movie like Haunt, uh, the title does it justice? I think it's a, I mean, I, I, I do, you know, in my head, I can't imagine, you know, what else that movie would be called. Um, That's a good point. It, it, I mean, I, I love the title for it, but there are some less than stellar, you know, entries in, in the, um, in the subgenre that would, would make someone perhaps overlook it. I, I think. Okay. So you're saying, let's say somebody who is not a fan of paranormal movies and they're going across their shutter lineup or whatever video on demand 
and they run across this movie called Haunt. Not only the title, but even reading the synopsis that they have, it really leads you to believe that this movie has some kind of supernatural element to it. When it doesn't, there is no supernatural element. This is all about the evil that exists uh, in humans and what their idea of terrorizing and ultimately killing people is all about. Nothing supernatural about it. So I, I, I think I, I know what you mean by the title and how just the title itself might make people go to the next movie on the list. If I that... think it's like 58 movies titled Haunt, too. I mean, definitely yeah. not the first. Uh, might be the best one. I don't know. <laughs> it is. I, like I told you, I thought I went into that movie thinking it was paranormal and it wasn't. And I remember you asking me at the convention, was I disappointed? And I answered, no, absolutely not. That's an excellent sign. I, 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 I can't imagine. I mean, it's rare to go into something expect with expectations and it's something completely different and you still enjoyed it. I think that's yeah. It uh, speaks a lot. Yeah. It speaks a lot. Now, you mentioned earlier uh, Fangoria's Weekend of Horrors convention. Did you have the pleasure of attending a few of them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Me too. First one. uh, 1996 was the first one I went to. It was probably the first one they had. Um, It was early on. And that was crazy. I I think my, my brain has sort of maybe distorted it a little bit um so i, I forgot what hotel that was like right in, well know, what city did you go to to which that one? was new york okay so you and i went to the same one we were probably at the same event sure uh, yeah because i went to weekend of horrors every year the name of the hotel was the pennsylvania hotel yes right across yes. the street from madison square garden oh yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. Now it's now the hotel is called something different right now, but it was the Pennsylvania Hotel in yeah. right across the street from Madison Square Garden. The ad in yeah. Fangoria is the really the only way you could find out about these things. Yeah, and uh, the uh, promoter and the also who was the editor in chief of Fangoria magazine, Anthony Tempone, has become right. a good friend of mine. And he's been a guest of ours uh, a couple of times already on this show. We talk very often on Facebook. He's a great man. He was the editor-in-chief of Fangoria. And I told him when he was on my show, I'm like, do you guys realize that, you know, Comic-Con did exist when Fangoria was putting on Weekend of Horrors, but Comic-Con back then was exclusively just about comics. It's not the Comic-Con that we have today. So Fangoria and its Weekend of Horrors were the pioneers to a lot of the modern-day conventions that we have today. Oh, yeah. It was unbelievable. It was just like floors and the vendors. It was like you could never have enough money. And there were people from movies there. Remember, I got... Kane Hodder to, to autograph a, a Jason Takes Manhattan poster. Like, this is incredible. I don't even like this fucking movie. So, uh, yeah. This is great. And Doug Bradley there, and he spelled my name wrong. And uh, Well, I'll tell you a story about Doug Bradley. We were having breakfast 
we went to the Weekend of Horrors in Boston because we, we loved it. We would travel. I'm from New York City, but we would travel sometimes uh, to other cities to go to Weekend of Horrors. And Doug Bradley was a guest. One morning, we woke up at the hotel, went down to have breakfast, and there he was on the next table eating breakfast by himself. It's Pinhead. Like a, Pinhead. It's amazing. In those days, man, there were so many great memories. And the uh, the guests, like you said, Kane Hodder, uh, Tom Savini. You know what's seared in my memory is uh, listening to Tom Savini talking in New York in, in the uh, convention hall. And I'll never forget this question. Uh, 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 somebody got up and asked him, what's the recipe for blood? I'm like, are you serious? I mean... <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding what, me? What was his answer? I don't remember what he, what his answer was, but grand illusion. <laughs> grand illusion. Those were some great I, days. I, grand illusions. I used to my my brother owned that book. My brother had a kind of into effect, so he had that grand illusion. That was another thing, which like I, I can't. I don't even remember how old I was. Like seven or something. Reading Grand Illusions, Savini's Grand Illusion. Yeah. I couldn't stop looking at it. No. It fluffy in there and him as Ben Franklin. And oh man, it's like that is a, a stark memory of my childhood. Just going through that book over and over and over. Tom Savini. When I had Tom Savini as a guest last October on my show, I was just like, just floored. I'm like, here's a man who I met back in the 90s in person as a guest going to these conventions but i'm a huge tom savini fan you know yeah. he was a, a great makeup artist he has the cameo in dawn of the dead uh he was the director of the remake of night of the living dead i had both him and nicotero on the same show and it's funny because i spoke to tony timpone who was the editor uh mm -hmm. i i called him in october and i go to tony listen if you can get me Tom Savini, I will get Greg Nicotero. And I want all three of you to go on the show together. And it was just like, just all the pieces fell into place. And that following Monday, I had Tom Savini, Greg Nicotero, and Anthony Timpone. And here, wow. and here I was, I was like, holy shit. Here are like the peoples whose work I watched while I was growing up. And I'll tell you what, out of all three of them, guys, Tom Savini is obviously the oldest, but the dude can kick both of our asses. He's in such an amazing shape. Uh, you you can never tell he's in his mid-70s. Wow. So that was cool. Now, uh, in the time that we have left, going forward, uh, do you want to expand out from horror, try different stuff, or are you perfectly content staying within the horror realm? Anytime I I try to get a project going or I get involved in something, it, it's going to be a genre film. It's, uh, it's horror, uh, and I, I don't really get. Um, I'm obviously incredibly funny, so I could do some comedy. Um, <laughs> uh, but I mean, I really, I mean, I, I love horror. I'd like to do some theater. Uh, go back and do some theater. Um, I really enjoy that, but I mean, I, I don't need to, uh, 
I don't need to get away from horror. You yeah. know, you I just want to be doing good projects with, with some, uh, you know, they go on to have a life. Exactly. That's what it's all about. A, be passionate about it. Uh, and everything will just fall into place, hopefully, after, you know, you just give it your all, no matter what the project, no matter what the budget. You know, back in the day, back in the day, uh, when, you know, someone would refer to someone else as a horror actor, uh, you know, it was, it was like when, when a horror fan calls you a horror actor, you know, it's a, it's a term of endearment. Mm -hmm. But when those, uh, those bastard outsiders, Oh, he acts in horror. Yeah, it's sort of like looking down. Yeah, yeah. He's only good enough for horror. Uh, so I think that's changing somewhat. No, it has. I, I, I think it's changed a lot. The top three movies in the last 30 days uh, in the box office that have been making the most money, they're all horror movies. Well, they, they always make money. That's the thing, too, is that you can look down on it all you want, but... They've always been the, the money maker. Exactly. And they've always been the genre, the only genre uh, that you can make a movie for very low budget without any names in it and it can still find a home. Exactly. Like you can't comedy or drama or fucking romance, whatever the hell it is. So, uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Damien, we are out of time. I uh, can't believe this hour flew by so quickly. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on. It's been wonderful talking to you. Got a lot of great information. Um, it was great meeting you in North Carolina as well. Uh, let's, let's stay in touch. Any final thoughts you want to share? No, just thank thank you for having me on and uh, putting up with me and my shaky camera. My shaky cams, like a found footage interview. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, thanks, thanks a lot for having me on. Great yep, questions. Absolutely. Enjoy. Thank you. Guys, uh, just a little scheduling note. Uh, we were supposed to have Kane Hodder on tomorrow, but that has been uh, changed due to his scheduling issues. We will You're be back. Follow me. <laughs> so, we'll, we'll be back with you on Friday. So stay safe. And until Friday, stay walking. Good night.